0: I wanted to talk to you this morning. Uh, t- like one thing I want to tell you this is God is still interested in promoting people. He's looking for people that He can promote, and that's uh, one of the you know that's sort of what I'm really talking about is how we get promoted. But I want to talk to you about it like this in this terms. Asking the Lord this question, and you need to ask this on a personal level. But where are we in the spiritual in the move of God? Where where am I personally? Where am I at? Where are you? Are you in it or not? Or if you sidetracked yourself, and where is the church at? Because I, I believe God is really want to do some big things in the church in America. I really do. I'm convinced of it. And so, but one of the things um, I w- found myself in this great big dilemma last week. I was supposed to go preach last Sunday night, and I forgot to get ready to a message. That was crazy. You're going to preach somewhere, and you didn't have a message to preach. Ten minutes before I was supposed to go, I was like, "Oh no, I forgot. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, what am I going to do? What are you?" Do? And the Lord said, "Tell them what I'm doing. What are you doing? <laughs> it's going to be kind of hard to tell if I don't know what you're doing." And He gave me a scripture reference, and I'm going to read that scripture reference in a moment. Um, it was Second Timothy one six and seven. That's what He told me He was doing. But I want to read another verse to you first. Because I believe God has something very specific for us, okay, this morning. I want to read 1 Peter 1. By the way, I do not suggest you do stuff like that. You know, I don't really recommend that kind of preparation for doing stuff that the Lord wants you to do. I don't know what I was I was watching television. watching a golf game, man, on TV. I just got into it and, and forgot. You know, I sort of got caught up in a whirlwind of my own thinking. All right, but this is what Peter said. He said, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while... Everybody say a little while. a little while. If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Now, I think I can take a poll this morning, and probably the majority of people in this room would feel like they've been distressed by various trials recently. Right? There's a lot of people going through some serious testing. Now, I want to make a clear point to you this right up front. You can be going through a trial of your own doing. Okay? such as you've sinned, you've disobeyed, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not talking about that today. And we're going to pray for everybody today about trials, and we'll pray for you about that if that's the trial you're in, if you brought it on yourself. But there's another kind of trial that's literally brought on by the Lord Himself. He brings us into a place of trying if necessary. That's the kind of trying I'm talking about because I believe people are being tried right now and I believe it's all part of God's purpose and plan for our life. It's all part of the revival that God wants to bring into the church. It's all, all an integral part of it. But the problem is is when we get ourselves in these situations, we're thinking, what kind of revival is this, man? I mean, if this is what revival is, I want out, you know, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. But he, he goes on and says, if necessary, But it is for a little while. It's not going to last forever. Now, that's a way to know if you're stuck in a constant thing, you need to make some real adjustments in your life with the Lord because that ain't God for you. You're making bad choices. You're making bad decisions. But for a little while, God will bring us through some stuff so that, verse 7, the proof of your faith... Being more precious than gold, is perish, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, what God wants, part of what God's purpose for people, especially people who are going after God and people who are really connecting in with God, is He. He wants to work on our faith. He wants to clean our faith out. He wants to purify our faith because our faith is the thing that, that God has given us to be able to connect with Him. Okay, Because without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? That's what the Bible says. So we need our faith to be pure. We don't need our faith to be polluted with arrogance or lies or deception, whatever. We don't need that. So God goes in from time to time, especially when God begins to work on the church. He goes in and begins... To, see, that's the great thing about a move of the Holy Spirit. He goes after things in us and begins to take them out of us. And many times, He don't just do it while we're enjoying soaking in His presence. I wish it all happened there. Because then we'd all just stop right now and lay down and soak. Do it all right now, God, so I can get up and be... But that's not the way it works. He does a lot in those moments, but He also does a lot when we get into these various trials and we begin to be tested, we get under pressure and situations happen in our life because he wants to bring a a pure faith up forth so we can access the kingdom of heaven so we can begin to access that promotion that God has for people because he wants us to be able to access that and have the faith, a pure faith, nothing to hinder our faith that we can walk in what he has for us. God's really interested in seeing people really fulfill their purpose and destiny on the earth. In fact, if you read Romans, the last part of Romans, God is absolutely, totally committed to that. I mean, it really, starting about 8, verse 8, 26, to the end of Romans chapter 8, it shows a massive commitment on God's part to getting us to, to our, our destiny and our purpose that He has for us, in spite of any kind of difficulty that you may face. So <clears throat> it's really important so... Then, let's go to 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. And this is what Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, for this reason, Timothy, I... know Timothy, but Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to a kindle... So, may I could say to you today, River Life Fellowship, for this reason, I, I remind you to a kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of, of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity... timidity Or or maybe a spirit of fear. See, now that's where a lot of people find themselves in America today—afraid. That's the truth. People having panic attacks. I talked to a friend of mine recently, and he was so under pressure that he broke out in hives, and he didn't know what was happening to him. So, and this is a Christian man who, you know, trying to follow the Lord as much as he knew how. So. But God wants to do something about that. So what He was saying to me is He has given us power, love, and a sound mind. Those are the things that God's doing right now in the church. God is... is let me just... Re, maybe I need to do a thing. I just noticed that we had a thing on the internet, email about a poll. Did y'all get the poll that somebody sent out? I, I thought it was a good poll. I thought, That's a great idea. The poll, you know. Maybe I need to send a poll out. Are y'all sick and tired of me talking to you about Jesus' experience at His baptism? (laughs) I think I I feel like I talk about it all the time. You know why I talk about it all the time? Because it is one of the most uh, profound things that has ever happened in my life. Is I have heard what Jesus heard. This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. I heard God say that to me. Now, I can't tell you the moment He said it to me, But I know over the last two years he has said and I know this year he has pounded that. That's what I feel like God's done in my life. So I can't, you know, that's why I keep going back to it because to me that's the basic revelation that God wants us all to have. And some of you have admitted to me that you don't have that personal revelation. You have a belief that God loves you, which is a good belief. It's a good doctrine. It's a good theology. But that doesn't really get you anywhere Ultimately. You know, it's just like we can have a belief that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and the only Savior, but until we come into a saving relationship with Him, it doesn't do us no good, right? We could die and go to hell thinking, yeah, He's the Son of God. I believe that He could save people. I believe He could save me. But if I don't allow that, if that's not a reality in my life. So what God wants to do is, for every believer is let them come into this experience. That is the beginning of the open heaven because that's what it says. Heaven was open. The Holy Ghost came down on Jesus in a bodily form. You know, the Bible, you know, people tell you all the time, you can't, well, you can't see the Holy Ghost. Lie. The Bible says John the Baptist saw him, right? You can see the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can be revealed to you where you can see him. He's not just an invisible person, according to the Bible. You can feel him. You can feel him touch you. That's the truth of the Bible. The truth of man is, is you can't see him. He's invisible. But that's not really what the Bible says. He is a ghost, spirit, but he does manifest himself. Him. I'm just trying to, trying to tell you the truth here today, okay? Because I believe he wants to manifest himself to people where we can literally see, feel, and touch him, you know, because he is the one who brings Christ to us. All right, so anyways, so he had this experience, you know, he heard, and then the, the, the voice of the Father. There was a voice that came from heaven, and God wants people to hear His voice. The Bible clearly states that. My sheep hear my voice and know my voice. So God, these, that's the signs of an open heaven. It's not all the other stuff. There is a lot of other stuff that comes with it. You know, the angelic realm and all that. But really the bottom line, the beginning of it, is knowing God's love, having this Holy Spirit experience where you actually have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Okay? hearing this voice you're hearing a voice somebody talking to you that's not earthly and that belongs to every christian it don't belong just to you know just to you know special people it belongs to all christians and I'm, I'm convinced on it the other thing is that i know that god's done a lot in my life i'm not saying i'm there on the love of god you know because i live in a world like we all live in that wars against that truth situations, circumstances, and people tell me all the time that God doesn't love me, and I need to get different kinds of clothes and I need to grow hair and I need to do this to be accepted. See behind all that's this subtle lie that you're not acceptable and you're no good, and you know if you could measure up you know and get better looking or get be a better athlete or something be a better whatever God'll be happy with you, but that's a lie of hell, and it's a great lie that Christians live under so but then so that really ties into having a sound mind. God wants a church with a sound mind. Okay? A sound mind the church. We don't have a sound mind. We don't think right about things. And how you have a sound mind is by inviting the spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ is already resident in you but cannot get there without you letting him. You had to give him permission into your mind. Otherwise, you're just going to always live out of your natural mind. That's why the Bible says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your life is not going to change until your mind begins to get a renewed thinking in it, begins to get His thinking in it. And so how do you get it? You ask Him, Lord, renew my mind. I submit to you for your transforming power. Just reading the Bible alone, just hearing preaching, just getting prayed for will not renew your mind. You, it's an inward thing that has to happen in you. And that's a lot of what God's been doing to people. Yeah. That's what He does a lot. I mean, those two things. He works on me, loving me. Like this past Wednesday, I was on the floor and I decided I'm going to pray for my mind. I, think, I was thinking about praying for other people's mind, but I thought, I think I'd just pray for my own mind, because <laughs> I'm thinking my mind needs some help. So I put my hands on my head, started praying for my mind, and I mean, gosh, my mind just got just ripped. And I later, I finally said, I need to get up off the floor now because I need to do something. I could, I could have forced myself up. You know what I'm saying? You can get up and people say, I couldn't get up. I just bolted the floor. I could have made myself get up, but I decided the daggone way. I felt like a 400 pound man. That's the way I felt laying down. You know, a 400 pound guy would have a hard time getting up if he was laying flat on his back. I couldn't. I just said, well, I'm just going to stay here and let God work on me, let God go deeper in my mind, get some more of these strongholds that are embedded down in me, that are lying to me and tricking me and deceiving me because I know they're in there, especially the religious stronghold. And the religious strongholds are the hardest ones to get rid of. They really are because they are so subtly implanted into our lives. They're not planning in their life like we think. They are subtle, they are very hidden, and they're very deep in every person's life. I've said this over and over, I've said this for years, and finally some people started saying it to me. It would have been better for me personally if I had never heard nothing about God until the moment I got saved. Because I got saved and I had all this information already given to me about God, about Christianity, about the church, and everything which a lot of it was, was bad. It was wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And a stronghold is what? It is a fortress, it's a wall that protects Satan's activity in your life. And one of the worst activities that we could have in our life is religion. I'm, it's worse than debauchery, really, because it's so subtle. And God wants to set people free from that religious thinking. I know he does me. I can knit. Lord, I need, a, I need a sound mind. And the world needs a sound mind. I mean, why is Dr. Phil so popular? Because people are begging for somebody to tell me something that makes sense in this world. But really, the church should be the people telling people what makes sense in the world, not just uh, some psychologist. And I'm not against psychologists, but I'm telling you, we are supposed to be the people who have the wisdom of heaven. But we don't. Most of the time, but God is doing that in the church. He's releasing His love in the church, He's releasing a sound mind in the church. And I, maybe I'm just a slowpoke. Maybe I'm just dense, Maybe I'm just backwards, Maybe I'm in a hole, and it's took God almost two years to convince me of what I'm telling you now, but I'm pretty convinced on it. You know, I'm real convinced on it, on those two things. Now, the other thing I think God wants to do is power. Love, power, and a sound mind. That's what he said. This is what I'm doing. Love, power, and a sound mind. Now, I can hang my hat on the love and the sound mind pretty good, but the power thing is really what I want to tell you this morning, is God wants the church to come into real power. Okay? But in one of the things that God was going to... I want to show you this this morning, and I can tell you I can prove this all over the Bible to you. If you and I are going to be really people of true power, I'm not talking about hyped up power. I'm not talking about noisy power. I'm not talking about fake power. I'm talking about real power. And really, in the natural realm, people who understand power know some things about power that just, you know, you have to treat power a certain way. It demands a certain amount of respect. It demands, d- demands a certain amount of skill to even just be around it and deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Even 120 volt power can hurt you. You ever got shot by 120 volt? It hurts, man. It hurts mean, bad. It feels like you're being kicked real hard. So God wants it. So what He has to do, and and this is the pattern. Jesus had this massive experience at his baptism. Massive experience. Heaven opens. Holy Spirit comes on him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He hears the Father. He is in you know he's in a one condition. Right. He's got this tremendous revelation. Well, the next thing that happens to him is Luke four one verse one and two. This is the next thing that happened to Jesus. The very first thing that happened to him. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, returned from when he's being baptized, and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. He was led so we're saying, this is what I'm saying to you. God a lot of the people who are suffering real trials, the Holy Spirit has led you into those trials. He's got you where He wants you. Just like He got Jesus where He wants He took Him from this experience into a trial. He took Him into a testing time. Okay? And He said He didn't eat anything during those days. And when he, they had ended, He became hungry. If you study the power brokers in the Bible, you know, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, David, Jesus, Peter, Paul, every one of them fit this pattern. Every one of them had this encounter with God, something profound, but then every one of them walked into a trial of life. Every one of them had to face something. Every one of them had a fire—a fiery thing that came on them that they had to deal with and live with in in order before they walked into the real power. Are you all understanding what I'm saying to you? I know this ain't the most proper talk on revival that you'd ever hear, but but honestly, it's the truth. And see, what we've got to get to is the truth of what God's doing. We can't have a mindset that God says, oh, we're just going to be all blessed and happy all the time. We've got to have a mindset to have all that God has for us. And what happens, what I see happens with people, me being one of them, is you're doing great, you're being touched by the Lord. Oh, the love of God. I feel so loved by God. God's just so pleased with me. That's wonderful. And God is just helping me. He's fixing my thinking. He's adjusting me. Then I get in this mess. I'm thinking, where's God? And God's saying, I am right here just as much as I was with you back there in the love section, you know, but there's something I've got more for you. I've got something else for you. You can't just stop there. If you stop there, then you've missed something. You've missed a big part of what I want to do. Because not only does the world need the love of God, they need the sound mind of Christ be risen, they need the power of God demonstrated, really demonstrated. And so the, the, the trials, the purifications, the things we go through that God brings us into is really what sets us up to walk in the power of God. It qualifies us because it says this in Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. After he went through this fiery time, this trial in the desert... He wasn't just full of the Spirit. He had the power of the Spirit working on him. But most of us are crybabies, honestly. I mean, honestly, that's what we are. The minute things get hard, we turn. and We quit. We give up. We start whining and carrying on. And start and, you know, withdraw ourselves from what God's doing. And we've got God saying, No, I want you to press through this. I want you to find me in this. Because this is something, I want to do something more in your life than what I've done. I'm not through with you, and I want a church with power. I'm not looking for just a few people who have power, a few people who have words of knowledge, a few people who see healing, a few people who see miracles, a few people who preach the gospel of power. I want a bunch of people. I want a body of Christ that's doing that. I want fire in the church. Now, back years ago, when I was first saved, you would hear these preachers and... And these preachers would talk about if you you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit spells trouble. That's what they would say. And fortunately for me, at the time I was already baptized with the Holy Spirit. If I wasn't I would have thought, I don't want no trouble. I ain't gonna have this thing. That's the way I was. I'm not looking for trouble, honestly. I'm looking how to get out of trouble. I'm not asking God to give me patience because I don't really need to ask Him to tell you the truth because He's going to do it without me asking Him. So I don't ask for trouble. I don't ask for any of that stuff. I'm asking blessing. Bless me, God, favor. Anoint me. Just come on me let me have a great time because I know you're going to do some other stuffs going to happen. You know, I don't have to ask for it. Okay, but these, these old preachers would say that. and I would think, well, you know, in my mind I'm thinking, that's because people don't like speaking in tongues. Well, that's because people don't like people yelling and being wild in church. And they'd, you know, back in those days, they'd throw you out of the churches for speaking in tongues. They would have took Andy in the first service. They'd have hauled, they'd have hauled him right out the door doing all the stuff he was doing. They'd just, just, He wouldn't have given him even thought. Just get out. You ain't doing worship in this church, doing that crazy stuff. But that's not really what he's talking about because none of that stuff really matters. What they people do, who cares what people do? You know, who cares if people are wild or wild, loud or... Or whatever they are. That's not really what they were saying. What they were saying was this. If you're going to really come into the power of God, if God's really going to use you, you can expect some troubles and difficulties in your life. You can expect a trial in your life. You can expect the fires to come in your life. You can just get through that and understand that. That's what they were talking about. And so we've got to expect that. we say saying, God, oh, God's called me to be a witness and I'm going to have these spiritual experiences. I've talked about that over and over again. I believe that. I believe that's i only way to be a witness. But guess what? Right, Byron, you're going to be a witness, but guess what? There's something between you and that witness. There's a desert. There's a difficulty. And you've got to walk across that. You've got to walk through that if you're going to really be used by me, if you're really are going to be a witness, if you're really going to make a difference in people's lives, if that's really what you want to do, if you want the power of God, you've got to... Put your bearing through that thing. And you've got to go through it. And you've got to let God deliver you in that thing before He delivers you out of it. Now, that's just the way it works. Let's read the Bible and find out if I'm not telling you the truth this morning. Now, I'm not a guy who wants to live and all beat up, and slapped around and discouraged and disgusted. I ain't my program. It said for a short while. Let's get through it. Get on to the other side and do what God's called us to do. But let's stop being crybabies and whining when things don't work in our life and think, oh, what happened to God? Where's God? What, what happened? It was so good. Where am I? Come on, guys. we got to be kind of different people than that. You know, God is calling the people in this world to be His people, to, to represent Him. And He says, I'm the way. The way is walk through this thing like I walk through it. I'll walk, I'll walk you right through it. And when we come out the other side, there's going to be this power that's going to be on us. And it ain't going to be this hope for something. There's going to be a reality of God's power. But trials are from God just as much as the blessings are from God. I wish I didn't have to say that, honestly. I really didn't. I wish I could say, oh, that's all the devil. Rebuke the devil, bind the devil, and we'll be okay. You know, when Jesus rebuked him and all that, he still had to go through it. Are y'all getting this this morning? I wish y'all was all happy about this this morning. Anyway, here's what the Lord told me. Uh, he told me, you know what he told me? He said, Byron, you know what you need to be? You need to be flexible and flowing. That's what you need to do, be flexible and flowing. I said, what? what does that mean? I mean, you know, obviously you think. Now he said this, don't try to make the move of God what you want it to be. You adjust to what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You adjust. Adjust yourself Constantly. Be flexible and flow with me. And if I'm saying quiet, quiet. And if I'm saying loud, loud. And if I'm healing, healing. Just get in program with me. And if I'm saying trial, get with the trial. Now, that's what being flexible and flowing is. Instead of getting all mad at God and all spun out, all mad at the church and calling the church, fussing at me, telling me it ain't God. Oh, that can't be God if I'm going through this. Well, craziness. You know? God wants to do something for us. A lot more than we think. But, see, our mind needs to be set towards what God's doing. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Anyways... The other thing he showed me this morning when I was praying, did you want to share that, Andy? The You're good? Andy had a really good anointing on him this morning, finally. <laughs> no, Andy's did great. The whole worship team had some power on them. you all feel that? They were really releasing the power of God in this room. I made a terrible mistake, man. I got my Bible. I got my Bible. I don't know about that other Bible man.: Well,
1: I just had this little experience with the Lord in my truck yesterday, and I was listening to this guy talking. He was talking from Psalm five, and um, whoever wrote that psalm, he's, uh, he's telling back to the people of Israel their history, and he gets the section of Joseph, and he said that um, God sent, sent famine on the land. He took all the food away. But he sent a man ahead of the, the nation of Israel. And then it, it, it describes Joseph's journey from when he got the Word of the Lord into the time of the fulfillment of the Word of the Lord. But it says this, that the Word of the Lord tried and tested his soul. Like we're always asking, oh, give me a word, give me a word. Give, Lord, give me a word. But really we don't know what we're asking for. I mean, it is really... The trouble part, the trial part is so so real. But the NIV says that the word of the Lord tried him until he was true. Basically what he was saying was God sent his word to make a man out of Joseph so that he could actually do what God had created him to do. You know, so I, I've, that, that's where what Byron is saying to us is that these things that, that come into our lives... You know, afterwards when we were having prayer ministry time, me and Byron and Amber and uh, Allison, we were praying, and I just I realized this thing that, that when these trials are hitting, um, it, our attitude is everything. You know, the, the place of trial does not have to be one of oppression. We don't have to live oppressed when we are facing hardship. You know, there is a, play, a reality of joy. I, I believe this. We, can sing those, we sang two songs that were specifically dealing with joy this morning. And I believe it's in the midst of those trials, it's in the midst of those, those storms, those things, the pressure that you can really live in a place of great joy and power. I mean, I think there's power available in that trial, don't you? I mean, it's there. So I, just, I found that scripture and I thought it was a good one.
2: The the Lord really spoke to me on Wednesday night and it was the same thing and I'm realizing that you know it's just really the Lord in a place where I'm getting ready to have a baby and it's such a joyful awesome thing to be having a baby and that coming forth but yet you know there's it's a transition in your life where you have to not be able to do what you could do before and you have to pull out and and for some, a lot of mothers, you feel like you're being left out, you're being put on the side. You're, but those were, the Lord was showing me how those are such lies from the enemy, that this is a time that you have to go backwards or, or miss out. Because you know? the Lord was saying to me, I'm going to come to you and I can do in you in this place more than you've ever been experiencing just recently. In me, but what the Lord was telling me, and what Byron was just saying, is just brought is don't fight the stage that I'm bringing you into. Don't fight it, because it's when you fight it that you start resenting things. You start resenting your children when you're in the middle of worship and you're trying to press in like you did if you didn't have children, you know. And and then they're tugging at you, and you're thinking they're being the hindrance to you pressing into the Lord. Instead of, don't fight it. Just enjoy it. Sit down on the floor with them and worship with them. I'll come to you in the middle of it and I'll bring joy. You know, instead of that thing of fighting so hard and whining and kicking and saying, why do I have to be here? And, you know, my husband gets to be up there doing stuff freely. You know what I I mean? That's what mothers... You can go too easily. And the Lord was just saying, don't go there. Don't allow your mind to go there. That's the mind thing. Just don't fight it. I will come to you, and I can do more in that trial. It's not just a trial, but you know, it is a different season. There's seasons in your life that things the Lord walks you through, and He's saying He's wanting to come to us powerfully in the middle of those and release joy in those places like what Andy's saying, and maybe that can help lots of mothers in here going through that time.
0: We have a lot of mamas in here. One thing I saw earlier this morning when I was praying is I saw the purple, I call it the purple realm, okay? Whatever the purple realm is, but it's a spiritual realm. Yeah, so the Lord is the king. To me, it's like the Lord the king, the kingdom of God, that God wants to release, you know, his His kingdom, his kingship over us this morning. That's really what I saw him wanting to do. Is, you know, the Bible says, it says, uh, a you know, the kingdom of God is not food or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, the kingdom of God is in, you know, you got the Holy Ghost, Juke and inside the Holy Ghost is the kingdom. So you got you know if you really begin to invite the Holy Spirit to come, He wants to bring the kingdom because that's all a part of it. And part of it is God being the King, yeah. Jesus Christ being the King of our lives, King of our minds, King of our circumstances and situations. And what I also saw was I saw us in the in the room in groups praying for each other instead of so, you know instead of having an altar call for people who are having trials is us gathering, you know, just gathering in, in small groups and everybody praying for each other in the group. We, me and uh, Amber and Brown and uh, Allison Crowley and Andy got to share the group this morning. It was really great. I mean, you can just share stuff and get people to pray for you and let the Lord just do what the Lord can do for you, which is a whole lot. And I believe God wants to help you today in your situation in life. So I would like to do that. Do you have something?
1: Just as we go into praying, I I wanted to read this word that Donna Bellamy got for the church. And this has to do with the love, power, and a sound mind. My people, my people, those who I call by name, you are beloved. What do you want from me? All you need to do is ask of me, and I shall give it to you. Don't you think I love you more than that, than what you have been thinking? I love you so much more than you could ever know. My love surpasses everything you have ever known. You are mine and I am yours. I want you to know that this morning. I love you more than the heavens are high above the earth. I sent my Son to die for you just so there would be a way for you to be with me forever. Amen. I love you. That's
0: good. Amen. So that's really a good affirmation to receive. So, you know, if you have a, you know, like, whatever going on in your life, person, you know, job, relationship, whatever it is, God wants to answer that. Even if you have put yourself there through bad choices and mistakes, God still has an answer for you. He wants you out. And you can get out of that one real quick. The other one, if God's put you there, then Lord, deliver me in it. And once I'm delivered in it, I can walk out of it. But you want? To, I want you to finish what you're doing to me because I'm really going for the power, God. I'm going for your power. I want to see it happen. So deliver me in my situation, my circumstance. So when I, so I can walk out of it empowered by you. Amen. Y'all got that? So let's just do that. Just gather around in small groups, and there's somebody I'll play some music, and we'll just, just how we'll end. We'll just, we'll just release the power of God onto you, and just get people to pray for you. Be honest. Be straight with people about your stuff, and God will do something for you. I'm believing God's going to do something. Amen?